I want to talk about face. Off. Running foxes. Kill often. It's futuristic. Like Carnac the Magnificent. Rewind your VCR. Rewind your cassette. Nintendo Pilots. Flying up ahead. Captain's Log. Yes, now we we are recording. We are recording. Oh my god, it already has gotten hotter in here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was thinking that too, and I was like, oh boy, oh boy, we better get through this. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> let's get right into this, because the heat is on, is a song. Um, what do you regret in life, David? <laughs> I certainly don't regret uh, turning on that air conditioning. <laughs> that's a thing uh, yeah right. we should probably just dive into it <laughs> i think we should <laughs> a little less preamble this time i'm scared i'm scared i also do not regret watching face off i don't either <laughs> welcome to contextual deviance my name is christian hagan uh each week we discuss a particular piece of popular culture art in this case movies uh, joining me as always is my good friend and co-host, Mr. David Gutchie. Hey. Oh, hey. Something. I- I'm sorry? I said something. Y- you sure did say that. <laughs> Twice, in fact. And yeah. I definitely understood you both times. That's our classic rapport. <laughs> our canonically classic rapport. Oh, my God. Uh, so, this episode... <laughs> This episode, I apologize in advance, is going to be real sweaty. I bet you sweat's mm. going to be coming out of your earbuds? Earbuds, headphones? Whatever, headphones. Phone? Maybe it'll just come um, right out of your phone if you're one of those freaks that doesn't plug in headphones and is just that listens f- to podcasts yeah. and carries Ugh. your phone around in public in the world? Yeah. What are you Everyone's doing? Everyone's favorite person. What are you doing? What are you doing? Clive Owen. Welcome to What Are You Doing? Clive Owen. A podcast about doing ASMR in public. What are you doing? What are you doing? You just go up to people and you ask them what they're doing. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, what are you doing? And if you ask it like that, yeah. nothing will go wrong. Nothing will go wrong. The cops <laughs> won't come. Everything will be fine. Everything will be great. Uh, this week we are discussing the 1997 Seven. <clears throat> uh, John Woo action feature face off. Which I forgot was a John Wayne movie until the credits happened. I was like, oh easy my God. to forget. I mean, some of the action is, especially the people jumping out of things and shooting two guns. Oh, and doves going in slow motion. Doves. I oh, mean, and slow motion in general. Too, once, it, once it said John Woo, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That fits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, yeah, this movie starring John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. <sighs> and I'm fairly certain, and this may be apocryphal and probably is, yeah, but I, I like to think that they made a bet with each other. Uh, at the start of filming to say, see who could do the craziest performance. Um, And I mean, obviously there's a winner in that. And I think everyone knows who it is. Yeah. And it's the viewer. (laughs) Oh, it's me. It's It's, me. Everybody actually does win because because this movie is a delight. Yeah, it is. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, Nope. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen it, 
why um it's why? currently on netflix 100 percent watch it um it's uh an action th- thriller masterpiece well, it's of, at least one of those words <laughs> it's it's crazy as shit um yeah it really is and it's about two dudes swapping faces now this is gonna get confusing to talk about right so we got to remember that travolta is sean archer mm-hmm. There's good Travolta and bad Travolta and good right. Cage and bad Cage. Right. So we got Sean Archer and Caster <laughs> Troy, and we just got to remember which is which at any given time. And we may yeah. have to shorthand it as good Travolta, bad Travolta, good Cage, sure. bad Cage. Yeah, that's fair. Or we could just try to say their actual names, like depending on which body they're in. We could say Caster right. Troy does this thing. Right, right, right. That would, be the, that would be the logical thing. thing to do. But I do like... I, I, it's important to remember which actor is doing those things. Yes. Though, I, I think, think also yeah. in terms of uh, conversing about this movie, it would be uh, sort of um sine cosine situation uh, to refer to them, ah, uh-huh. get them mixed yeah, up yeah. in the way that they are mixed up in right, the film. Right. But I think it might even be helpful depending on what context show up. I'm sure it'll be talk super about, helpful. Uh, two-facedness <laughs> and things like that. But it will probably be very helpful. Oh, I'm sure it's going to come up a bunch. Uh, so let's just get right into it because it's very hot and we're going yeah. to be sweating a bunch. So here I'm we go. Ready. You ready listen, for context number one? Listen close first at any point. There are Easter eggs in the episode that are beads of sweat dripping to the ground. Yes. So if you hear one of those, email us at uh, contextualdeviance at contextualdeviance.com. I don't it's contextualdeviance at gmail.com. <laughs> Damn it. I, I was too ambitious. Yeah. We do not have a dot .com as of yet because uh, we'll we'll I'm poor. Hey, it's fine. Um, We're not a company. It's okay. That's true. We make zero dollars <laughs> uh, and lose money. Actually, we, we make negative lose, dollars because <laughs> I am paying for hosting. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, most podcasts do. Right, right. Yeah. We do it for the love. We do it for your love. For <laughs> for your love. Uh, okay, let's let's do this. Let's get this out of the way. Because that's, <laughs> that's how, <laughs> it makes it sound so negative. I mean, let's get into it. Let's get Context into number it. one. Here we go. All right, so the volume was turned down too much on that. So let me, let me, no, let me just reiterate. It said, "How does this movie promote the gay agenda?" Ooh, oh, oh, ooh. How does Face Off promote the gay agenda? Okay, well, uh, first thoughts, immediate thoughts. Um, There are a lot of obviously. There's a lot of mirroring in this uh, Mm -hmm. this this Mm -hmm. movie, and it's disturbing. And, uh, but also, uh, wait, promote the gay agenda. So I'm coming at this from a place of worry that the yes. gays are going to take over. And why is this movie helping the gays to take over? Right. Like, right. sort of like our conspiracy theorist one yeah. and a couple other ones. These are, this is, you have to put yourself in the shoes <laughs> of someone who's a crazy person, assuming mm-hmm. that every movie is hiding some sort of agenda that right. is counter to your own beliefs. Yeah. And you must discuss it. As what would someone who is looking for something called the gay agenda, what would they find in Face Off? Well, we got to get there are a few conflicts that I think we can get out of the way first, which is to say that both of the main actors characters have sort of spouses or like regular uh, regular sexual partners and are just and especially Castor Troy, Nicolas Cage. Uh, is incredibly womanizing. Yes. I mean, just every woman he sees, including uh, Sean Archer's daughter. 
which just goes woof, for it. I mean, woof, that is woof, a woof. complicated that thing is. that we may talk about later. We'll see. Yeah, that but, is tough. <laughs> that is real tough. Yeah. Um. So I would, yes, I would say that that's the case. But I would say that the sort of both of their relationships with the opposite sex are somewhat mm-hmm. uh, toxic, or at yes. least, or at least complicated in a way that makes it seem right. like they're not fully invested, not respectful, right? Ever. Right, like just it uh, doesn't matter. Even Sean, even though Sean Archer is sort of seen as like the good guy, he's still like really selfish and exactly. leaves his wife by the wayside many, many times. Right, he he's he's cold with his wife, um, and vice versa. He is sort of controlling of his daughter, um, mm-hmm. although she, I think, she, the mother is more so than he is. Um, worried yeah. about her behaviors and right. her style. But he's still very critical things. of her. Yes, uh, and so. So they've got that going on, and then Nick Cage is like just very cruel and disposable towards women, um, yep. <laughs> and until he is forced to uh, mirror domesticity and becomes bored very quickly. <laughs> so there's a there's a point at which both of them are uh, womanized, or, or both of them have relationships with women that are fraught. We'll say sure, and yet. Their closest relationships, it seems like, are with other men. Oh, okay. Including each other. Yeah. They yeah. they mirror each other a lot. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> literally. they see themselves in each other a lot. Literally. Literally. Also. Uh-huh. Literally. And <laughs> I think they grow to understand each other's worldview and perspective a little bit. Not necessarily to agree with it, but to at least see inside of each other, literally, <laughs> a little bit more as time goes on. And so I wonder if this movie is positing the theory that even antagonistic male relationships are more uh, dynamic and real than male-female relationships. (laughs) And therefore is promoting some sort of man, like the old sort of Socratic idea that like the man-to-man relationship will always be better right. than the man-to-woman Both domestic life in terms of like him with his wife and daughter and the sort of playboy lifestyle of sleeping with as many people mm-hmm. as possible, both of those are unsatisfying to the main characters. Right. He they're, can't get enough. Right. They're both they're both dissatisfied. They're both disaffected by them. And yet what, what gives them the most purpose is their relationship to other men. Uh, especially each other sure sure and so i i I would say that someone looking for the gay agenda in this film would find it there potentially potentially i think you could say that face off is perverse well it is well you could and it is i mean it's it's hard to argue otherwise yeah uh from i could say that face off is a a perverse twisted gay male fantasy about being as close as you can with somebody that looks like you or like seeing yourself in another person and how like, because as the viewer, we're like, Oh, disturbing, nasty. But like, maybe it's actually exciting for them (laughs) to have that scene where they both look in other sides of the mirror and they're like, I am you and you are me. The beast with two backs. (laughs) That phrase always gets me. It's I, so uh, weird. I um, love it. And, and I feel like there's there's got to be some sort of fear of 
the the mirroring that goes on in this movie that is also a fear of like but you're too similar you can't have sex strength should be mirrored by gentleness and soft lady <laughs> <laughs> that's what people say right uh and instead it's just a it's it's almost erotic how much they love being angry at each other all the time yeah I mean, you, I mean, I could slow see motion this being doves bit, flying in front of them uh-huh. as they've got their guns pointed at oh, each other. Yeah. It's like, and he does say he's ready for the big one. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which we all know means uh, we, Sean Archer's dick. Yeah, we all know that he means, which is Sean canonically Archer's very big. Canonically, yeah, very big. Oh my god, this. That begs a question. Well, yeah. no, yes, it does. It's the wrong yes, context. Absolutely. That begs a lot of questions yeah. about the physical manifestations of this face-off <laughs> technology mm-hmm. and how their bodies aren't shaped alike pretty much at all. No. That's, and yet, yeah. all it takes is swapping their faces and their and entire body <laughs> is camouflaged. It's transformed. It's like... Oh, uh, that's it's how it works. Rude. It's how it works. This movie also features... Uh, it opens with a, se- a sequence of Nicolas Cage as a priest uh, right. dancing very oh, flamboyantly. Uh-huh. Uh, and I wonder if there's some commentary there. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a lot of uh, older male on younger male abuse in the Catholic Church. And I think... There that- is. There is. Yeah, but they're glorifying that. They're saying, look, <laughs> look at how great it is to be a gay priest. That's yes. what the, the thesis of that scene was. Yeah. Look how great look it how is much to fun be he's a, having. a gay priest. Look how, <laughs> look how good this is for everyone involved. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, that face he makes oh, when he grabs, when that, he harasses that human being. He When he, like, he straight up, <laughs> oh when he straight God. up sexually assaults oh. someone in public and she smiles. And then and he like, just looks up at the camera like he's just experienced oh, rapture of some kind. And oh. then that's sort of the tone setter for this movie, oh which God. is the wildest thing. And just, I don't even know what to right. say about <laughs> right. that. I don't think it necessarily furthers or demeans the gay agenda, but right. I think it the, I, the priest thing really tracks. I think that has yeah. a lot of legs. How about, this is going to sound fucked up and it is because uh-huh. this is a fucked up context yeah but uh let's say that um <laughs> the only fruitful thing that comes from the physical relationships of male males and females in this film are children <laughs> but specifically the child of nicholas cage or caster troy and sasha yeah sasha, sasha uh who is a boy Mm-hmm. And it I, is there something with like the sexual relationship between him and Sasha was sort of uninteresting to him or like because he was always abandoning her and like mm-hmm. coming back and leaving. Sure. But when the the male child is brought into it, that becomes special and she becomes disposable again because she literally dies. <laughs> uh-huh. And then the the boy is adopted by by the Archer family. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there something to be said for maleness being the ultimate fruit of a f- male to female physical relationship? Mm. And therefore mm-hmm. the male to female physical relationship on its own is worthless or disposable. Or, yeah. Or worth one thing. Which is right to say to yeah, produce to more, men. more men, more <laughs> men to make right. more men, which is which again, I think the argument you can make for this movie is very, very ancient Greek. 
Yes. But like in the way that it is gay, it is <laughs> very Greek to say, that, you know, you, sure, you can be with women if you want, but the best way to be a human being is to be in a mentor-mentee relationship <laughs> with an older man. Yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> and I... And I think this movie basically says that. It's a little too obvious. Yeah. You know, honestly, as we're going through it, it makes too much sense. It's pretty clear that there were a lot of scenes cut from this movie that, one, featured gay sex, and two, featured Sean Archer's giant penis. (laughs) Great. Let's move on to another context. Jesus Christ. It's already getting so hot. This movie is an allegory for the 2016 presidential election. Tell me how. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, okay. how is this movie an allegory for the 2016 presidential oh election? God. Oh, this no. Is this worst. is going to be hard. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Um, okay. So, oof. Um, I think... I think a movie this complicated has so much weird symbolism going on. That, yeah. that doing something like this is going to be a challenge, but it's, it's challenge. possible. Let's try it. And if yeah, it doesn't go well, it. we'll do it. Well, I think the obvious, the most obvious person to say who they are is Castor Troy. <laughs> as Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as, yeah. uh, as Donald as Trump. As Big DT as big As, as mm-hmm. the Big DT. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say... <laughs> So he's an agent of chaos. Ooh, he comes okay, in, yeah. he fucks everything up. Mm-hmm, yep. But then just wants to drain the swamp. He just fuck wants them all. He just yeah. yeah. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And then he swamps faces with he swamps faces. He swamps faces <laughs> with someone of a federal authority, which is similar, I think, symbolically to Donald Trump being to given being elected. Well, I was <laughs> well, going to say being or, given the nomination uh, of the sure, Republican okay, Party, yeah. which is to say yeah. legitimized. Mm-hmm, he correct. goes from yes. like the crazy outsider to being literally inside, like being yeah. the person for that party. Yeah. Um, and, and so that makes that sort of like legitimized him and made yeah, it made him. <laughs> A yeah, face all of a sudden, he made him a face offer, and all of a sudden, he had new responsibilities that he wasn't ready for, new relationships that he wasn't prepared for, and yep. a lot of history that he had to account for. But every time he did something successful or that he declared successful, even if it was something that he himself perpetrated, like a negative thing mm. that was because of him oh and him God. like trying to fix the problem, he congratulated himself mightily yeah. to rounds of applause and, and yeah. convinced yeah. everyone that he mm-hmm. was the best right? Uh, all by himself. Didn't care about the rule of law, as indicated by the fact right. that the FBI director like threatened to like fire him or whatever because yeah. he was... Yeah. Right. So that also doesn't care about the rights of other people that he wants to grab. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) He grabbed her. He literally grabbed her. Oh man. And she, and you know, when you're, when you're a star, they let you do it. Um, That's what Castro Troy always, that's what Castro Troy said in this movie. So I think, I think actually he's a, Hey, there's a pretty good argument to be made for Castro Troy being that. And the, you know, the end of this movie is kind of hopeful if it's it's an allegory (laughs) to the 2016 presidential election. (laughs) Oof. But um, here's the question. Yeah. Who's everybody else? So Sean Archer is Hillary Clinton. Okay. I mean, yeah, it makes sense because be. they were they were the opposing sides. Mm-hmm. Here's yep. where I think that might work. Okay. At the start, uh, Sean Archer is very stoic, very business oriented, very results oriented, sure. like a professional. 
but also mm. very uh, stiff and kind of dull. Uh, and people make fun of him for being too for having a stick up his ass, basically. Yeah, uh, as would, Margaret Cho points yeah, Margaret out at one Cho point, that who who removed the stick from your ass? Yeah, says comedian Margaret Cho. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Margaret Cho. <laughs> Thank you for your contribution to this film. Um. <laughs> I know she didn't write it, obviously, but yeah, it's still it's like she I feel. I, I guess I feel more bad for her for having to deliver a line that stupid. Um, yeah. But uh, but then <clears throat> once there's a once uh, <laughs> once Caster Troy becomes the legitimized force, she become she is forced to engage in a more radical form of politics to try and counter him. Mm-hmm. Um, first by f- at first she's imprisoned in the sort of like she's pushed to the wayside the media only focuses on right uh-huh. on yeah Castor Troy she got put in metal magnet she, shoe jail yeah exactly uh-huh. by the way those magnet shoes uh, were the same as the rocket boots from Super Mario Brothers they were the same boots Whoa, they just reused they them just for reused this movie them? what yeah so that's pretty weird that's that's yeah it's very weird <laughs> So if you're looking for the uh, the the one degree of separation between the Super Mario Brothers movie and Face Off, it's there it the is. All right. If only um, Dennis Hopper was in this one. Oh man, that would have that would have been like the only thing this movie could have added that would have made it extra crazy is <laughs> Dennis. just Dennis Hopper just doing anything, mm, just hopping, just <laughs> just hopping around. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would say, and then you know, as, in order to get more attention, she had to do she had to sort of like become more aggressive politically she had to like speak out more about the personal failings of her opponent and focus sure. less on yeah. policy and things like that mm-hmm. um well I, you you might even argue that the way that she eventually she hillary clinton in face off right is able to find any ultimate success is by appealing to people on a very human level and say like you my wife you know me my wife you know me and i like i can tell you these intimate details about myself i'm making a character appeal like that's how you know who i am and why you'll choose me that's a good point it's like they because otherwise he's caster troy's body like nobody's gonna believe that but yeah that, that human emotional personal appeal that's what gets that's what gets her that gold absolutely him yeah you know the the and then of course where it falls apart is in the ending which is to say it's just a nice little alternate history yeah yes i don't know sure yeah that there's there's man oh god i'm sorry (laughs) it's so hard to to do that with this movie not to say that it's impossible it's just so frustrating Uh uh-huh um so yeah and i guess Pollux Troy I don't, know. I don't even know who he would be. Like Mike Pence maybe. Sure. Why or just not? the general Republican Yeah, he could be my he could be party. Mike Pence. Or or just Oh yeah, no, I like the Republican party because yeah. he does. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll isolate that segment. <laughs> Damn it. David Gucci, I like oh, the Republican I party. I like the Republican party. Oh god. I I like him as the Republican party because he's mostly supportive mm-hmm. and uh tentative to sort of get in anywhere but he's he's behind the scenes and he's made the structure that empowers Castro Troy this bomb and then he dies and uh sort of you know as a as a product of this 
weird, horrible election cycle that everybody had to go through. Yeah. He is a casualty of that. The the yes. Republican Party literally RIP because they put Donald Trump in office. No, like, that's that's actually a really like good that, point. Yeah. That RIP GOP. A little bit. Yeah. RIP GOP and Pollux Troy. <laughs> what a R. Those beautiful little glasses. RIP GOP Pollux Troy. <laughs> Grand old Pollux truck. Uh, grand old Pollux. Um, uh, yeah. So I, yeah. I think I think he works as that. I think. I mean, but beyond that, there really aren't any other characters in this movie that are very interesting to me. Maybe Eve, his wife. Yeah, Doctor Eve. Is that is that her name? <laughs> Doctor Eve. Doctor Eve, MD. I don't um, remember her, her Eve title. Archer. She was a doctor. Though. She was a doctor. Yeah. I mean, is she Bernie because she's she she is the one that nominates him to be the true, like she stands to the side and says, this is the dude. Yeah. Follow this guy. I yeah. Feel, I mean, that's about, you know what? I think, I, I think, I think maybe not Bernie himself, but maybe more mm-hmm. like the Bernie bro types, oh, okay. which is to say that suckered by Castor Troy in, uh-huh. through appeals to authority into believing that Hillary Clinton is the bad guy oh, and thus sure. forcing and thus uh-huh. splitting a lot of that. Yeah. party to side yeah. with until towards like the ending of this movie is basically it, it's like we can if make the allegory yeah we could we, yeah. we can make the allegory <laughs> yeah. for 2016 through the whole thing until we get to the end right when you know the bernie bros <laughs> swing back to hillary hillary is able to defeat trump uh mm-hmm. and the republican party dies and everything's right. fine and yeah. order is restored <laughs> um but that's like, what happened yeah in 2016 but like mm-hmm. with you know so it, it's up to up until then it yeah. fits. It actually works kind of well. Yeah. But then at the end, it's really it's alternate. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Whoops. Yeah. I guess the real version of the 2016 <laughs> presidential election for face off would be if in the end, Eve not only sticks with what she discovers to be Castro Troy, but mm-hmm. is responsible for specifically <laughs> killing Sean Archer. <laughs> Jeez, it's darker. It's super dark. Oh my god! An alternate ending to this movie that's a little more total, or not total recall, but the sixth day is like yeah, ter- that's terrifying. Yeah, the where, sixth where she's day. just like, what yeah, a pull. this is my husband. <laughs> I'm just gonna hang out with him now. I love Bye. that. I love any reference to the sixth day. <laughs> yeah, nobody remembers that fucking movie. <laughs> I remember. I do. Pepperidge Farm remembers the sixth day. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm's new tie-in with the movie <laughs> The Sixth Day. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you should clone yourself so you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's a that's a line so from good. the sixth oh, yeah. day. It's so good. Uh, and I agree. Yeah, I agree with you, Arnold. <laughs> um, Could be fun. Yeah, I think... Any other details about the... Yeah, it's the, tough. I mean, okay, let's... Hmm. I think there are moments that that strengthen the uh, the Hillary versus Trump as Castor versus Sean or sorry, Sean versus Castor, respectively, Um, because once Sean Archer has been taken over by Castor Troy, he he gets a lot of media attention. Yes, they broadcast him him on the the cover of time. He's the time person. I mean, like that's time's man of the year. They even call him that. That's real. Like that happens in this movie. And then it happens in 2017. Wow. Like, so I think the, the media focusing on him once he decides to be a little more snazzy and a little more of a hot shot is like 
pretty close to the truth of what Donald Trump did in his campaign and how alienated Hillary felt when she was in jail watching Donald Trump on the big screen go, hey, uh, it's me, a yeah. celebrity. No, that's that's a really good point <laughs> yeah. and a really depressing one. Yeah. You got it. Yay. That's probably the most depressing part about the whole 2016 election cycle yeah, is media good job. coverage. Good job, media. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The, we, we always have, if, if this, con- when this context comes up again in the future, we have to remember that the media has to be a part of it somehow. It always has because to be Because it there. is, oh, uh, they huge. were hugely responsible <laughs> yeah. for what happened mm-hmm. if they, even if they often don't want to acknowledge that fact. Yeah. Oh, man. Oof. Well, these first two have been real, real downers, real fun friends to talk about. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, uh, uh, palate cleanser. What, what's your favorite moment in this movie to, to, to remember? Oh yeah. No. So here's David's two second shot corner, uh, where there's just one weird thing that happened in this movie that I don't understand. And it happens in the first couple minutes. Uh, the opening to this movie is amazing. Uh, the score is great. The credits that are the, the like the title cards are all very very good. And then Castor Troy is camping out with this big old sniper, and he's going to kill Sean Archer. He's <laughs> going to get him. And he and then like we see a mustache, and that's fun. And that's I really great. like that mustache. So and good. I wish there was more of that mustache. And then like there's this dramatic close-up on Castro Troy's mouth as he's looking through the scope of the sniper about to kill a person while he's with his child and he takes a sip from some weird like 48 ounce gas station (laughs) drink and it's the strangest most sensual sip that anyone's ever taken from a straw and I love it so much yeah and the straw is like carnival themed it's like red and white and he's just like I'm gonna kill a person but first Mountain Dew my big my big gulp (laughs) yeah he big gulps that's actually it was just it was just a, a wonderful moment of cinema I really liked it so good that whole sequence is so strange because he's got that giant ass sniper rifle and the way it's shot makes it look like he's like 20 feet away from i, I agree i was like why do you need that and how does nobody see this it's like a public park and he's, he's just, just on a hill right with no cover yeah. yeah like he's not in trees or whatever there might be like a tree nearby but he's like out he's in the open on a, with a sniper a rifle pointed at a man and his child and then he kills him and, and then he kills a kid and nobody anything. sees it Ugh. Also, sniper rifles are super loud. Yeah. Like, as people have pointed out on the internet any number of times, Mm. silencers don't work that well. Sure. Yeah. Especially not in a public park (laughs) where there's nothing to absorb the sound. It. Oh, my God. So good. I love this movie. It's it's, it's bonkers. Uh, So that that was one of my favorite single shots of this movie. That's a good that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's let's move on to another context. If a character got a spinoff, which would it be and what would it be like? Excellent. Face-off spinoff. I would say uh, that mustache. <laughs> that <laughs> Just, mustache. The mustache from Face-Off. Yeah. <laughs> mustache off. Mustache off. Um, okay, who would who would get a good spinoff from this movie? Oh, Pollux Troy. Yeah, Pollux Troy would 100%. be pretty interesting. I want to know about... Uh, like him being like a tech bro, maybe mm, a little mm-hmm. bit like like a fun hacker movie, yeah. Starring Pollux Troy, uh, saying that he doesn't die, or maybe it's a prequel. Yeah, and it's about how he sort of like was up and coming in like because he that aesthetic of that character fits 
perfectly with like the beginning of the Matrix grungy, nasty hackers living in a post-apocalypse sort of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He feels like he's actually from the Matrix now that I think about it. Or just it. slot him into the movie Hackers. Or literally put him in Hackers. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? I could see that. I actually, Or then, Swordfish. But his older brother is also like an international terrorist. Yeah, right, yes. That is also canon. <laughs> I think I think of him as like the Buster Bluth of the Troy mm. family. <laughs> he is a little bit. What a coward have this? <laughs> Yeah, he, he's just like he's this whiny little dude who like is also an international terrorist. Right, like he's he's, he's he's scary, he's, but he's, he's also doing really, really weird horrible and, things and small and gentle. Like a, yes, and he waves at people with his pinky. And oh I my like god! That. Yes. Oh, that would be the poster, by the way, is mm, like him just waggling the pink. It, it, it would be, be like, live <laughs> like a, or, or someone would be behind the poster with a pinky. Or it'd be like a lithograph it. or it'd be like, what do they call that? Oh, where it's like, um, oh, where you walk past and it's a, yeah, where it like changes yeah, as you walk oh, past that's it. A fun and it's one. like pinky up, pinky down, pinky up, pinky, pinky down. That's the only thing that changes. The rest of it's the same. That's my favorite. Oh, man. Oh, that'd it be would good. be called Pollux of Troy. Would that be? Was that like the a face that what blew up a thousand ships? Lentricular, or is that something else? I don't, I don't know words. That lentricular, I feel like, is about the magic eyes. But again, that we might just be throwing bullshit at a fan, right? Yeah, now, that sounds I about do, right. I don't oh, know. fan would be so nice right now. It's so hot. <laughs> I know, um, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We got this. No. Oh no, my phone. No, um, no. go get it. Yeah. Okay. So what? So, okay, Pollux Troy would be fun, yeah. mostly just because he's a really hammy character, and he can eat the scenery with the best of well, them Well, g- give movie. me, like, a story for Pollux Troy, because oh, okay. I feel like he, he's kind of, like, he kind of is, he's a character who doesn't seem to do much, even though it's implied mm-hmm. that he has done a lot. Right, he doesn't have a lot of screen time, honestly. Right. He, he's mostly there as a supporter of Castor, or a suspicious person. It's- uh <laughs> But but I like to think that like the the character moments that we get for Pollux are essentially that he's weird and that he's a genius that he can like build these amazing bombs that are works of art and that he thinks of as works of art and so I like I like to imagine a sort of like Mr Holland's Opus style movie but with uh but with Pollux Troy and bombs. And so it would be like he it would have the same arc as most music success movies where he like goes to school for it and then like drops out because he's not getting good grades. Or and everyone tells him he's never going to yeah, make he's it. never going to make it. And then there's a scene where he like drinks a whole bottle of whiskey and passes out on the floor. But then he has a dream or something of the best bomb that's ever been made. And so he's like, oh, my God, I got to do it. And then he's like fuck college i'm gonna make my own way and he assembles a super team of like cool bomb makers and they do it then nobody said they could and they do it and he like he, he's doing it to try and live up to his brother to try and like mm-hmm. to try and impress his brother who go. just doesn't who doesn't give yeah. him he doesn't give him enough respect yeah yeah that would be and that's how they eventually do actually start working together because before that maybe uh castro troy was like i'm an international terrorist i'm way cooler than you i grab butts all the time haha <laughs> you've never grabbed a butt and then Pollux is like, I'll show you. I'll grab so many butts. And then he, <laughs> and maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but he does blow up a lot of butts. <laughs> I would. Yeah. No, I, I, has there ever been a movie like that where it's like styled know. as like, 
as like sort of an overcoming adversity uh, but biopic, it's but it's about a terrorist. Like, no, and I feel like it'd be kind of a dangerous movie. Oh, to it would make. be a bad <laughs> like, idea. Yeah, but it would be very fascinating. Right. Um. So that's Pollux, uh, a face-off idea. story. <laughs> um. Yeah. That no, that would be really interesting. I could get behind that. I could also get into um, a spinoff about the daughter where it's just okay. like a like a teen high school rom-com sort of thing. But Ooh. in the background, oh it's God. about her dad <laughs> and, and fighting this international terrorist. So it's a simultaneous spinoff. Yes. Like it's yes, it's parallel. Live. It's parallel. Uh, yes. And then she has to deal with like weird shit. But like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love the idea of a movie that's just like a teen, like just a teen comedy. Right. All of the main characters are teens. All of the leads are it's the drama is about teenagers. But stuff uh, like stuff with her dad starts to get weirder and weirder as the movie goes on. It's like a side plot. My dad licked my face. Why he do that? He gave me he gave me this ridiculous knife, (laughs) this ridiculous butterfly knife and uh, told me how to like cut off my boyfriend's dick or whatever yeah. or like kill him basically right or kill him so the wound wound won't close like oh jesus um so, so do you do you see this movie ending before the ending of face off or after because i think that's an important choice because it's the ending of face off is very climactic and she is involved and so it would be tough to like not make it about that so i feel like it would maybe have to end like after he gives her the knife and then she does go and stab her boyfriend or something and like gets with a better guy and that's how it ends. I don't or know. Or maybe, maybe it ends much later. Maybe it oh. like projects a little bit after like okay. they bring the boy home and oh, yeah, like the, the maybe guy. she's like going off to school and then she sees or like college. I mean, she's like going off to college and then something comes up. I don't even know what it would be like her dad. Um, or like that boy comes back and tries to do something and then her dad kills him. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, that would happen. Yeah. Why not? I don't know, man. You know, I, I, I like this idea, actually. I like the idea of setting a teen drama with, with another movie's plot happening yeah. in the background. I've always movie. I always love the idea of a completely incongruous yep. story happening in the background mm-hmm. of an otherwise very straightforward yeah. film. I really even like though that it idea. would never work. No, but it, it could if it was made in a universe where face-off actually existed because as long as you pull it back just enough it's just a weird part of the movie yeah and plenty of movies have weird stuff in them sure and nobody bats an eye what if it's just ladybird but like <laughs> it's it's yes. ladybird but it's a very earnest heartfelt amazing movie about <laughs> someone trying to find their identity and their parents don't get it and then eventually their parents actually switch faces with other people. <laughs> so it becomes about like teen identity. Yeah. Also like seeing how adults have <gasps> trouble with their identities oh too. God. And it's okay to struggle with your identity because oh it could change. I just realized that that's why they have her do the weird makeup at the beginning. Because it's like oh, foreshadowing man. for him being like, you're a different person every week. And then he literally becomes a different person every week. Oh, that's so good God and bad at the same it, time. John <laughs> this fucking movie That's is pretty good. so weird here's a spinoff i want to see okay it stars the little kid with the bad haircut that they adopt oh, God. and it's called yes adoption is that easy <laughs> you killed his dad take him he's yours 
And it's just a lot of shots of them like going to adoption offices and being like, oh, 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 that's it. That's oh, all. That's really? all we have to. We just. Oh. We just have him now? That's it? Okay. Oh, cool. All right. And then they, they go to the park and somebody snipes They're like, them. yeah, you were time man of the year. You, you, yeah, and, you, and, get, you, you get whatever you want. And then you go, he starts to be like, but that wasn't. And his wife's like, shh, 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 shh. Let him, let him, just let him speak. Let him speak. Adoption is that easy. Um, yeah. yeah, adoption is that easy. Also, oh my God. Also, uh, I own a pair of headphones that allows me to not hear gunshots while mm. I'm listening to Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Yeah. Not exactly the loudest, most bombastic song no. in the world to no. cover up. Pretty subtle song. Loud and gunshots. Those, those headphones were not noise canceling at all. No. They were just little guys that people used to have with their Walkmans. So, you know, I think maybe we could we could make a whole spinoff just about that kid doing completely unrealistic things. <laughs> maybe he has some sort of power over reality maybe. to shape yeah, like maybe even subconsciously. It's kind of like a Twilight Zone episode where yeah. where a kid can sort of just like make adults do whatever they want. There was that one where that kid could just like say a thing like I want candy and then the adult would be like compelled to get candy for that kid. Right. I don't remember how that ended, but I think the kid killed some people. Probably. But Twilight Zone's weird. <laughs> what, <laughs> this movie could be like that. It's like a Matilda situation almost where he doesn't know he has the powers. Oh my though. God. Oh my God. A face off <laughs> spinoff. That's a Matilda style children's yes. magical realism story. I mean, that could be pretty fun. And oh honestly, God. a lot of parts of this movie are almost magical realism in oh. the way that we believe that any of this science is real. Oh, one hundred percent. The that, <laughs> that would make a lot more sense. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Oh my God. Maybe the face-off wasn't an actual face swap, but it was the kid like oh. thinking like, if only they put each other. In, if only they could see the world through each other's eyes. <laughs> this kid has a very mature thought and thinks, yeah. if only they knew what it was like for each other. Yeah, Maybe to walk in each other's shoes, kill each other eventually. Oh my God. Wow. Or he was just like, I wish I had a new dad. Yeah, and then who's basically the same as the old dad? You had a new dad now. Oh, weird. Yeah, so that could be a, that weird. could be a fun one. Yeah, good. Oh my god. Uh, the face-off doctor doing other <laughs> weird experimental surgeries mm. that don't seem mm-hmm. to fit science. What other face-offs yeah. do you think there could be? Oh, oh, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. just what, what? Oh, here, like face-off two starring that doctor if he doesn't die, right? Because right. he dies. Yeah, right. Let's right. Say, or a prequel? No, no. It, no, 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 no. It'd have to be a sequel. <laughs> this is the perfect face-off. Uh, I think a good one would be... Taylor Swift and Kim Kardashian. Oh, my God. <laughs> they finally get to see what it's like for the other side. <laughs> Jeez. No, I think... I, I'm actually trying to earnestly think about maybe this is a different context at this point. We're just inventing a sequel. Yeah. Uh, but I really want to see Jake Gyllenhaal and Paul Dano in a face off with each other. Just the actors mm-hmm. as themselves. Yes. <laughs> as themselves, not as characters in any world. I just want to. I just love Jake Gyllenhaal and I think he's wild. And it would I just think... be it would be prisoners to face yeah. off to <laughs> two prisoners to face off. <laughs> Every movie could benefit from a little face-off. Yeah. If two, two characters just switched faces, what would happen? Co-directed by John Woo and Geneva Neuf. This is not a bad context for the future. No. Oh, no, what, like, oh like what face-off would be how good? Would, what, yeah, who, if two characters face-off oh, yeah. in this movie, how would that change the way the movie went out? You know That's what? That's a fun one. That is good. 
It's a I do one. like that. I might add that. Yeah. Um, and it's called face off. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the verb for what they did. Not face swapped. Face off. Not faced off. <laughs> no. Face off. No, that's different too. Um, yeah. Incidentally, it makes me think of one of my favorite moments from the movie Spy. Oh yeah, when, I like that. when Jason Statham is believes that they that they the CIA does have a face off machine. I'm not always a fucking face off machine. <laughs> I really like that movie. So good. Are we are we good on this? Context? I think I feel I think like so. we've spin-offs. come up with a couple solid ones, but spinoffs are hard when like the main characters are essentially the whole movie. Yeah, like there's not a lot of treats to be had in the rest of this film. Right, like Margaret Cho, maybe. Sure, <laughs> why not? Or but that, that would just be, you know, that's whatever we want it to be. It's a how, how about a, bu- a buddy cop comedy Ooh, okay. procedural sort of thing with Margaret Cho and mm. then the wormy guy who ends up <laughs> who ends up getting killed. And he's like, "Why are you mad? It's just Paul Troy. Like that guy who's uh-huh. always a wormy, weird dude in every movie yeah. that he's in. Yeah, um, and always plays an asshole. Mm-hmm. The two of them in a buddy cop comedy. <laughs> I'd watch that. Sure. Or actually, no, I probably wouldn't mm-hmm. watch that. No. What about a spinoff starring the guy with the scar on his face that's a bit character in every role? That, oh my uh, God. That yes. guy. And how it's about how he's a pan-dimensional being that exists in every world and is always a supporting character to every major player <laughs> in any historical event. Because that's clearly what Hollywood has decided that he is. And so maybe that's what he could be. Are we talking about the bad guy who's like uh, got like one eye or like yeah. one of his eyes is weird? Yeah, or something? and he's got longer, greasy hair and. Cool oh, that guy. Yeah, the guy! I was who's thinking also of the bald gladiator, guy. and he's also in like every medieval movie ever. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking we could do. It would be kind of fun to do like a dark comedy about the the bald guy who was like uh-huh. friends of yeah, casters yeah. as like a bumbling terrorist criminal type. Hmm. Like he he okay. he's like a drug lord or whatever, but he's just not very good at it. But he keeps uh-huh. failing upwards. Right, but um, he, and he's fun too. You know, he's kind of like he's almost got like a Deadpool personality yeah. where he's like, sure, we don't agree with everything he does, but you know, he's he's <laughs> out there doing something, and he's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like almost. I mean, it's like something that uh, like a Quentin Tarantino could direct. Yeah, if. If done right, it could be funny and also terrifying and scary. Maybe, or it could be like the jerk. It's, oh my god! It's except in but with terrorism. But with terrorism, yeah, uh, exactly. Oof, That's what I'm oof. going for. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, that would be a good. It would be similar to Four Lions, but one drug ah, lord. Basically. One drug lord. It would be called one drug <laughs> one lord. One drug lord. A face-off story. <laughs> I like the idea of anthologizing Face Off oh, and having yeah. a Face Off story for everyone. Where Marvel buy those or Marvel <laughs> Disney buy those rights? Yeah, um, give the people what we need. Yeah, Face Off universe, not even what we want, but what we need. The F O U, fo the fo fo. Um, yeah, I think I think we did it. I think we yeah. did that one. <laughs> we did good. another context. Let's do it. Westworld. This movie is a theme park. What's the theme? Who's a robot and who's real? Oh, this is a brand new context. Oh, I'm no. very excited about it. Oh no! Okay, what if this face-off is a Westworld-style theme park? What kind of theme park is it? And who's real? <laughs> who's a robot? <laughs> who's? Oh my God! There's so many layers to that too. Yeah. Okay, so first layer that I think of the cover of the Michael Crichton movie. Or wait, now who directed Westworld? The original movie. Oh, I don't even know. I feel know. like it was Michael Crichton for some reason, but that, I, that is silly. I don't think he that, ever that's directed like super a movie. Weird. Um, but, 
the cover of the movie starring Yul Brenner. Holy shit, it was Michael It was Crichton. Michael Crichton. Nailed what it. the fuck got you? Oh, wow. Uh, so Michael Crichton directed Westworld. I didn't know he ever directed any And the cover of that movie is a robot's face coming off. Yes. And so I feel like, first of all, very <laughs> resonant, very perfect. Uh, second, one, you would be like, who's the robot, who's real? But also you have the level of, like, it's like a spectrum that has two axes. You're like, is this a robot or a person? And also... Is this robot a robot with a different robot's face or a person with a different person's face? Yes. There's like four possibilities. They are who they say they are. They are a robot version of who they say they are. They are a robot version of someone else, but with a different face. <laughs> or they are a person version of themselves, but with a different face. Okay. That's a lot of things. Yeah, that so is. So it's a, it's a big, big guessing game that almost seems impossible. Unless I have what I think is the right answer to this question. Okay. But let's start with what kind of theme park is face off? Well, it's uh, I, there are, there are probably roller coaster rides. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think because there's a lot of like things jumping out and explosions mm-hmm. and it would be really fun. Like there are the action scenes in this movie have a lot of exploding and right. a lot of spectacle. So I, so like, oh. just like be in an action movie, kind of like how yeah. Westworld is like, I want to live in a Western. Right. This is like, I want to live in an action, live movie. in an action movie. But again, you can't die because it's Westworld, you know? So, right. so people are like not just challenging you to gunfights like in Westworld, but they're actually driving planes at you and you have to dodge it in a Jeep or something. Yeah. Right? Yes. It's fun stunts like that, that of course can't go wrong, but you sign up for like, I want to do the plane one. Or I want to do the the fighting one, or I want to do the one where I have to try to shoot the. I have to choose which one is my dad and shoot. Yes, <laughs> like and there's like there's like a bomb you have to defuse. There's like all uh, these different yeah, yeah. stunts. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a stunt yeah. theme park. Right, but action movie. Like it's yes. all you are this character in this action drama, and it unfolds around you, and you're the protagonist somehow. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. yes. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Uh, so here's my idea okay. for what the Westworld version <laughs> of this movie is. Okay, which is. Both John Travolta and Nicolas Cage are real people in this theme park. <laughs> okay. And they have like selected actors, Nick Cage and well, John Travolta. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I like that. Still alive. I like that better. Let's alive. say that. Because okay. that sounds great. They're expensive. But my idea of it is they're expensive. I'm sorry. I mean, probably to get them to just live in your theme park. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. They're oh, not okay. employees. They're oh. guests. They are there. They are there for the experience. And what they're doing is at the start, John Travolta picks the good guy part and Nick Cage picks the bad guy part. But partway through, they both realize they're bored with whatever part it is that they're playing and they decide to switch. Yes. And so so John Travolta gets to be like a cocky bad guy who is like pretending to be a good guy and like that way it keeps within the narrative flow of the theme park so it's like Uh they don't have to like completely start over but (laughs) whereas nick cage then is like in prison but he's a good guy and trying he has to bust out Mm -hmm. and like go on like that's a venture to compelling adventure as well yes you know they're both interesting and he has to like convince the robots around him that he's a good guy now yeah and has been all along and is just trapped in a bad guy's body um but then convince the bad guys that he's always he's still the same bad guy so it's like tough it's like it's a theme it's a theme park about an action movie 
where these two guys were like, I'll be the good guy, you be the bad guy. And then they decided they switched. Yeah, maybe they, that's an option for every two guests that come into the theme park. Maybe. Is that there is a certain point at which you both get to say, or maybe multiple points. Maybe. Where you, you check in. It's like golden ball. You both say like, if you both say switch, then you switch. But if one of you doesn't want to switch, you don't switch. Yeah. But if you're both into switching, then you do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Or like, or they just have contingencies in place at the park in case someone gets bored and wants to switch. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, okay, fine. But then they're like, oh, but we need a good guy. So they'll like have a good guy robot or something. Sure, sure. So there's like, yeah. So you can switch roles throughout the narrative, which is really interesting, actually. If you think about like a video game that does that, that would be pretty cool. So having a theme park where I can participate in first playing the bad guy and then playing the good guy. And then maybe going back to playing the bad guy. Maybe not. Maybe like, that's kind of a fun. If you've got the money for it, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I can do whatever I want. And like, then they have sex with any character. But <laughs> if you're the like good guy, you can only have sex with the wife <laughs> with the character. Wife character. Uh-huh. Um, and then like, <laughs> God. And, then, and then he tries to hit on the daughter robot and it just like does not work. And he gets kicked out of the theme park. He gets because kicked fuck out it's, it's so gross. <sighs> um, so that that is the Westworld uh, version of Face Off that I am yeah. picturing, and now that, and as we joked, but I hope it was I would like it to be real. It's actually John Travolta <laughs> and Nicolas Cage <laughs> that decide to go to this. They're theme. just like we want to go to a theme park together. Let's just we are best friends. We are best friends in real life. Together. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. I mean, that that's what makes the most sense to me. That's really good. The alternative theory mm-hmm. or the alternative version, I think. Well, what are some alternates? Like what what other kinds of theme well, park experiences could anyone be trying to have? I think it, could, it could be a little bit more more vague and less tied to the actual plot of Face Off. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be that you it's it's not just that you alternate between the good guy, or the bad guy. You sort of walk throughout this world and you say yeah that face i want to be that one and then you just slot yourself in as the piano player at the bar or you slot yourself in as the captain of this boat or whatever and you just adventure as that person for as long as you want until you decide you want to face again and then you just face off with somebody else and they that robot becomes the captain or that person or whatever becomes the captain and so you're not sure who around you is a robot is a person is the thing that they came into the park as is not that and it it could get real it could also get real weird and westworldy if you got like accidentally trapped like the staff thought that you were one of the robots and they like put you in a container at the end of the night and you're like no it's me and they were like yeah that's what the robot would say and then they put you in and it's like no fuck what if okay that oh my god that blows my mind what if there's (laughs) only one real person in this movie and it's Nicolas Cage which is why at the beginning (laughs) of this movie he's like dancing around in a priest uniform and grabbing women and no one's doing because they're all robots because they're all robots I wonder he can do whatever he want and then he oh my God, uh yeah this is good and then he's like uh i think i want to switch and he becomes john travolta but the other robots for whatever reason were not alerted to this fact and they created the park created a clone of him uh. that then throughout the rest of the movie is like convinced that he's the real the real nick cage mm-hmm. and so he has to escape try and like oh survive and he ends up murdering John Travolta, who is the real Nick Cage with a different mm-hmm. face Oof. and becoming the real Nick oh Cage God. in real life. So the one active human being is dies murdered, and then robots and his place just, is taken oh by a God. robot. 
That's pretty dark. It's super I like dark. It a lot. Yeah. So that's a good theme park. Yeah, it sounds like a good time. <laughs> Otherwise, I was thinking Pollux Troy would be a fun one. Is because he's just sort of there watching all oh, this stuff be, happen. To be so Pollux he wants Troy. to be in an action movie, yeah. but he doesn't want to like really do anything. No, he just wants to see it. He's just along for the ride. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He wants to be in person mm-hmm. around an action movie. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that could be kind of yeah. that could be an option. He could be Pollux. Which is why he's he's in the prison uh, scene, mm-hmm. so he can see that part. Yep. He goes to the the like he watches the party scene where they're like right. uh, doing that whole thing. He he's in the opening action scene. He's he's in the, he's in the interrogation. Yeah, like he gets to do all these different things that you get to see in action movies, but he's there present and, and like yeah. part of it without being in any real danger for most of it. And then he dies. And then he dies. <laughs> Maybe that's when he was like, "Yeah, I'm done." Yeah, and or then like. He wanted yeah. to do something else. Sure. Yeah. And so they wanted just, to do something. They else. just killed off his character. Sure. But either way, I, I like the idea that there's only one real human in right. Face Off, <laughs> right. and that it, it's a theme park sort of thing. Like the the movie itself is truly set in a fictional theme park yes. where you can go in and have an action movie robot experience. Mm-hmm. So instead, what we've done is instead of imagine a theme park based on Face Off. We've imagined what if Face Off was actually set in a theme park, <laughs> which is awesome. That's, no, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh-huh. with this one. Yeah, and I think, um, I think it could be like a big AI test. Like they're testing uh, to see if the AI can spot the difference between the good guy and the bad guy if they switch sure. places. Right. If behavior or ticks or right. speech patterns. So or that's why, like, the wife be. and the various bad guys are all at one point or another tricked into thinking and then they have to be convinced one way or the other like well the wife especially has to be convinced like this guy i thought was the bad guy is actually the good guy and how do you how does the ai (laughs) come like come along with that journey and can they process it properly and she succeeds but the other ones don't right and so So she's the the one that they're like okay cool like this that was the breakthrough that worked. that's the one that did it and there were a lot of ones that could have and the daughter didn't for instance she shot the wrong person you know that sort of test there's a lot of tests along the way i like that idea yeah it's like quality control basically fun (laughs) oh man so some of those are kind of like theme parks no, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like Westworld's kind of yeah, a theme park, yeah, exactly, you know what I'm and and like because Westworld's also a, a a huge ambitious programming experiment that I mean, all of the the old like what, Anthony Hopkins guy Ford, Ford <laughs> right. is that his yes. name? Yes, yes, yes. Like the the Ford of this world is actually just more interested in can they tell when the faces have been off, uh, <laughs> or are they going to get fooled by when the faces? So are the off? doctor. The doctor is the guy running the park. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And him getting killed is either real or it's like part of the experience. It's probably part of the experience. That was a robot version of that doctor. Yeah, And there's a real version of that doctor watching behind glass. To see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) That's a a good theory, actually. It works for this movie. Yeah, I think it could work for a lot of movies. Oh, yeah. I think when, when I do these contexts, I try and think of like completely differing types of movies and applying it to those Mm -hmm. and this one i tested uh i was talking about it with bond and he brought up my best friend's wedding which i haven't seen (laughs) but if you wanted to do like rom-com the experience yeah yeah. like that's a thing that someone might want to do right well and i like i like that context because it plays with tropes 
It's like, yes. do you want to go to that thing? Yeah, of course. We're watching that movie. Of course we want to go to that thing. But what it would actually be like to go to that thing? Well, and then it also it's explains cool. like deviations from tropes are just humans making decisions <laughs> that like fuck uh-huh. with the formula yeah, to see yeah. what would happen. Which is Westworld. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's what happens. Wow. Yeah. So face off is <laughs> face off the theme park. Oh, I would go, honestly. I probably would if I had the money yeah. and I knew I wasn't going to get hurt. Especially if it was on brand face off the theme park. Yes. Because like this movie is very, very oh, good. Be so rad. <sighs> uh, possibly you can feel free to edit this out. But I have a question about the reality of this movie. And I think it was brought up by your idea of is uh, is Nick Cage the only real person in face off? Mm-hmm. And is everybody else a robot that is just there for his pleasure? Because that's how he acts. So that's how he acts possible. in life. Yeah. And everybody else is kind of a character. So maybe Nicholas Cage is living in weird... the Truman show or he's convinced he is. Maybe. But my question is, is he sexy? <laughs> Do people actually think that Nick Cage in this movie is sexy? Like the, especially the person that's singing in the choir at the beginning of the movie, Smirks sees, sees him do that like head dance thing oh, and is like, oh, and gives the look that I know that I give to people <laughs> when I think they're sexy. I've never seen it myself, but I do give that look. And she's like, oh, this guy's kind of fun. And then he comes up to her and he grabs her ass without, I don't know. And he goes, it's oh, shitty. And then he goes, oh, oh. And he does that thing. And she doesn't care or likes it, maybe. Like, is he cool and sexy? Is that what we're supposed to believe? Or is he? Are they programmed to think See, he's cool and the, sexy? That honestly answers my question. I wrote that in my notes. I was like, is it because he's powerful that women want to talk to him about how long he can eat a peach? Like, oh, is that a thing? I want you to suck my tongue. My tongue. <clears throat> God, he just hams it up. Though. I love it oh, so much. Oh, man. His performance is like 15,000 levels above where it should yeah. be. And that's what's great about yep. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I think maybe that that solves my dissonance about whether or not he's actually supposed to be attractive in this movie or whether his power is supposed to be attractive. Right. It's that they're all robots and he's the only person and they're programmed to think he's sexy. <sighs> Got it. Which is why, may- oh no, oh no, maybe the daughter is repulsed by like her face getting licked because it's John Travolta and not Nick Cage. But if <laughs> it was Nick Cage, she might like, be down. Be like, yeah. yeah. Oh my Ugh. god. That's the most disturbing universe in the world where Nick Cage can lick whatever face he wants. And, and no one says anything. It. No, and, not they do it. and not just that they don't say anything. That's not what's weird about it. It's that they like it. That's a nightmare. That's a true nightmare. God. Well, we <laughs> we did a bunch of contexts. We did. Which ones did we do? Which ones did we do? We did the Westworld one, which mm-hmm. I uh, is a new one. I'm very excited we did. We did the fun. allegory for the 2016 presidential yep, election. We definitely did that. Uh, we talked about the gay agenda. Yep. And that was the first one. Spinoffs. 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 We did spinoffs. We did. If we came up with some. Some Fine. Yes, yeah, some ones. We came up with some ones. Yeah, some ones. Jesus Christ, it's so hot in here. All right. <laughs> um, uh, I think that's all the time we have that I can stand in this hot room. <laughs> David, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I'd like to plug I every every week. I mean, I know. I bring it up specifically for week, you to do this. I, I, I think 
when you ask the question, hey, do you have anything you want to plug? I always want to say my butt. But I hmm. don't. And technically, I still haven't. <laughs> I'm surprised you go with my butt and not dat butt. Because uh, my inclination is to say dat butt. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about Dax's butt? Like Dax Shepard's butt? Yes. Is that okay? What about Drax's butt? Oh, Drax's butt. Drax yeah. from, Dracula's from, butt? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I revealed my fetish. Drax on Drac. <laughs> Drax on Drac action. Hot Drax on Drax. Drac on Drax Axe is the name of the porn I am creating. I would like to plug my porn, Drac on Drax Axe. Yeah, Uh, it's going to be good. I I actually got uh, Drac on Drax Axe with Ash, and it's Bruce Campbell for the old Ash. With Ash and Ash Ketchum. And Ash Ketchum. And Axe Body Spray. They're all All wearing Axe. Drax on Drax Axe. With, a- with with Ash, Ash and, and Ash. Ash wearing X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Or maybe brought to you by X. Sure, because sure, they're sure, a, sure. a corporate sponsor. Thank you, X. You're sure, so generous. And TurboTax. And TurboTax. <laughs> <laughs> Drac on Drax X, starring Ash and Ash, brought to you by X and TurboTax. <laughs> coming this fall. All of them are coming this fall. <laughs> I would actually, yeah, I would actually like to plug my other podcast that I'm on. It's called the Hypotheticast. It airs every Wednesday, just like this one. So if you're like, hey, Wednesdays are shitty. Well, here's two things about Wednesdays that aren't as shitty. Or yeah. maybe are. I don't know if you hate this. Then Is there a person you? in your office who still refers to Wednesday as hump day, even though it's 2018? <laughs> Listen to this instead yeah. of that person. <laughs> just whenever they come up to you, just turn on the Hypotheticast. And then it'll, you know, your life will be a lot better. Yeah. Be honest. I, I don't think I've ever said the word hump in the hypothetic cast. So you're welcome. Well, we'll find out. I'll go through and comb <laughs> the archives. Control for, F for sound. <laughs> we'll see if I can. Now that's a technology that needs to exist. Actually, I agree. That's all. That's all I want to plug. <laughs> I can't get over that fucking porn title. It's so good. Um, yeah, well, thank you for uh, enjoying this. Oh, sorry. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks for enjoying thank it. Thank you we for enjoying this. I know you enjoyed this. You better fucking have enjoyed it. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It took, a, it took a bad turn. Um, yeah, we will be back next time with a different movie. Uh, be sure to listen to uh, one of our mini episodes or our deviations, as we call them, for an indication of what we will be watching next, along with... A quick text, uh, a quick context through which to watch that film uh, and any announcements that we might have. I doubt there will be that many, but uh, you can find more information about us online. If you could, uh, I would I know that David agrees with me on this. We would really appreciate some feedback. Uh, If you could leave us a review on iTunes, uh, if you could tweet at us at uh, TextDeviance, send us an email at ContextualDeviance at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, you know, uh, any way that uh, that you can think to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to uh, hear what ideas or suggestions you might have, new contexts, new movies. Also, uh, it helps us spread the word uh, about the show because we, as we joked about earlier, we are technically losing money on this show because we do it for fun <laughs> and not for profit. So anyone who uh, cares to listen to it, we hope uh, we hope you'll share that around. Um, in the meantime, David, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? The spotty jelly. 
oversees the balance. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Contextual Deviance. You can find more information about us online at our website, contextualdeviance.wordpress.com. You can tweet at us at textdeviance. You can email us at contextualdeviance at gmail.com. Thanks to Minneapolis' own The Bad Man for the use of their song Gun Tonic off the album Ain't Clean. This has been Contextual Deviance. My name is Christian Hagen, and have a nice day. Have a nice day!